Welcome to Ascend and Transcend. Today is a very exciting show. I'm so proud and pleased to share with you that my book is launching today. Um, The book's title is Career Confinement, How to Free Yourself, Find Your Guides, and Seize the Fire of Inspired Work. So I thought that today's show could just be a nice short one where I talk a little bit about the book and I share some of the little key findings that I've come to really embrace when working with clients as things that can really propel people away from this quote unquote cage that they feel like they're trapped in. So a lot of people, when they reach out to me, um, there's one of a few problems that they feel like they're going through. They're either kind of plateaued in their career, maybe they're at such a high level, um, or they're trying to get to a high level and they feel like they're being overlooked. They might feel a little undervalued. They might be burning the candle at both ends. That is very typical. So many of these women are just totally teetering on burnout. Um, When they reach out to me, there's not a lot of boundaries in place. There are boundaries against people, you know, who want to spend time with them on the personal side. They'll, They'll hold promises to their boss or their organization, but not a lot of time to themselves. Um, or create space for loved ones. So that can be one. Another one is they could have kind of picked a career lane. Maybe they defaulted out of it. They defaulted into it out of college, or they took the advice of their parents and they went down some career path and they're really kind of at the top of it. And they're looking around wondering, you know, where the fulfillment is. They've reached the top of the mountain, if you will. They've climbed the ladder. And sometimes you have this, oh no, feeling of, I think I climbed the wrong ladder. Um, I really want to make a pivot and do something wildly different. So that's kind of another thing that's going on. A third thing is a lot of people feel disconnected from their spirit when they reach out and they might not even know that they're disconnected from their spirit, but they feel really restless. They feel like there's got to be more out there and this can't be it. It can't just be wake up at seven, check email, do a Peloton, make lunch for the kids, you know, send them off to school and then just be a slave to their work until six or seven at night and then rush through dinner, put the kids to bed and then go back to work um, with very little downtime for themselves. There, there isn't a lot of like conversing with their spirit guides or just their non-physical energy. So that was really the intention behind writing the book because I feel like in order to have career success, you really do have to feel like you're living in spiritual alignment. And so many people aren't. And so many people might just be unaware that they're not living in alignment. And when I say living in alignment, I mean, you know, this word purpose (laughs) can feel really weighty. Like, oh, I have to figure out my purpose. What is my purpose? Um, I think your only purpose is to be friggin' happy and enjoy your days and enjoy the present moment. And yes, that sounds a little Pollyanna, like maybe we can't have that all the time and we definitely can't. But I think that being at peace with how things are and being in a state of non-surrender to life as it is in different moments is really the key to being on purpose and living in alignment with your soul. And when I say soul alignment, It's just another way of saying, feeling really good in your body, feeling really good in your choices, feeling like you're not trying to push something forward, that it's effortlessly flowing, that you're able to allow things into your life. So when I was writing this book, which was grueling, by the way, um, (laughs) it was almost a five-year project. Um, I laugh because when me and Ryan were living in Chicago, There was one really awful winter day, and we had both girls in the basement 
which is what you do in Chicago. You know, your kids need to move. They need to expel energy. And when it's really cold outside, you put them in your finished basement and you just let them like run. And he looked over to me and he said something about, I don't know, maybe you should write a book. And I think at the time it was a book about like cooking or kids or something. And I just remember feeling utter terror, like, ugh, no, that will be the one thing I would bet my life on is never going to happen because I just didn't feel, number one, like I was a good writer. I have terrible grammar. Anybody who texts me, I'm sorry, you're always going to find a typo in any email or any text. It's just part of my charm. And I thought there's just no way. Smart people write books, not people who've just kind of lived in what I thought was kind of a mediocre life at the time. So I just kind of dismissed that. But it stuck with me uh, that he had said that and that I had had such a strong reaction of never. Um, I I used to love to watch Sex and the City. I mean, my God, who doesn't? I still will totally binge it. And I loved Carrie, but I never understood how she could be a writer (laughs) because it sounded so hard. I was like, oh, sitting in front of a laptop and trying to write? No, thank you. Like, I'd sooner die. So, of course, that's how these things work, right? It just kind of hung in my mind like, well, I don't know, maybe someday I could write a book, right? And then we moved out here and we were having all of these big life changes. And I think everybody thinks, oh, you know, this is book worthy. And so I would immediately, you know, resistance would come in and swoop in and say, you're not doing anything different than what so many people do. You don't have some great story. Just don't even think about writing a book. Like those were what the voices were telling me. And then I started working with these incredible women, these clients who just had such incredible stories. Their stories were incredible. And then I could finally wrap my head around a book because a friend of mine at the time said, well, what about their stories being the book? And then it's not so much you. Um, It could be them. And I thought, ooh, okay, now we're on to something. But then I thought, well, those are their stories. And I don't know if I could tell those either. And I never wanted to even inch towards breaking their trust or feeling like, you know, these are confidential sessions, these coaching sessions. I didn't want them to think that I was ever trying to be opportunistic on their hardship or their journey. But as the years went on and clients just started getting more and more incredible results, and I attributed to them. I mean, yes, I'm there, but they're the ones doing all this stuff. I thought, wow, you know, some of this stuff is pretty big. And then I would get, and as that happened, you know, I couldn't take on as many clients. So I had to raise my rates or I chose to raise my rates. And then I had to start turning down people who wanted to work together because financially it just didn't make sense. And then I thought, you know, there really needs to be a resource. I think for some of these women who are super type A, incredibly self-motivated, I really do think that maybe they could have a book and make some little tweaks or have some really big results just from reading a book. Maybe they Maybe they're not ready for a coach yet. Um, Maybe they're going to see what they can do on their own. So then I started warming to the idea a little bit more. Okay, maybe a book is a good idea. So then I started playing around with writing proposals. And I wrote, I lost count. I think it's four or five proposals for nonfiction books. And anybody who hasn't been published, those can be like 130 pages. I mean, they're they're long. You got to basically flush out the entire idea of the book. You have to sell the publisher on how you're going to market it. So I brought in this amazing writing coach, uh, Rhea Fry, who's now an incredible friend, and she helped guide me through this. So at this point, I'm investing money. (laughs) I'm investing a lot of weekends. There were so many times when Ryan had to just take the girls out of the house for the weekend because I had to write. And 
all the time battling these demons of self-doubt that just, they were telling me the whole time, see, I get emotional thinking about it, um, that this was just, it was not going to happen and it was not going to be worthwhile. And this was something that, you know, would just be an embarrassment, right? Like, and who did I think I was? That was coming through every single time I sat down in front of the computer and I had these wonderful people around me. This I call them my wall of support in the book. And these were these wonderful friends and family members and, you know, my writing coach. And they believed in me. And I so did not. And I don't know that I even do right now, to be honest with you. Um, but they really pushed me forward and said, you know, you're going to regret it if you don't at least try. And that's the thing about once you write a book, people start quoting you back to you. <laughs> then you're kind of fucked. You have to take the advice. It's already started happening. I've already sent out some author copies to like friends and family. My sister just this morning quoted some stuff right back to me when I was feeling really doubtful that it was even a good idea. I was even in, you know, in the place of like, maybe I'll just not publish it. <laughs> maybe we'll just keep pushing this, you know, kicking this can down the road. Maybe it won't ever happen. Um, maybe it shouldn't happen. And so the the, the point of this is not to promote the book. It's to talk about, you know, overcoming resistance. And when I tell you I had a truck ton around this book, it's no lie. I've never felt so much doubt around something in my life. And over the course of almost five years and writing four different proposals, changing titles, changing all sorts of components with the book, I had two amazing book agents who really tried to sell this. And they couldn't get me anything that was worthwhile. It was like, well, I'll just, I'll pitch it for two years and we'll see. And then in another two years, they'll get on the bookshelf. And I thought, oh my God, this can't wait. This has already been waiting. This is a, like my little baby, right? It needs to come out. And it's been, you know, I've been pregnant with it for five years. We need to figure this out. And, and then the universe figures it out for you. And for me, it was going a route where, yes, I have a publisher, but I also had to invest heavily. You know, it's a hybrid. And so, but I got to own my work, you know, but there were a lot, I think it was 43 or 44 rejections I got. And so even if this book, you know, only sells a handful of copies to people who believed in it, I know that it was supposed to happen this way because the book is about giving zero fucks, not caring what other people think, which is still very hard for me. Um, and I think probably most of you listening, it's probably pretty hard. And then also doing things that people say you can't do or that you shouldn't do or that it's a waste of time. You have to believe in you. And the book helps you understand that. And it also has all of these, sorry, you're probably hearing my runny nose because I'm crying. Um, there's all these other like spiritual pieces too. You know, I was not alone in this. I had physical support, but I had so much non-physical support. I call them, you know, my dead grandmas. My dead grandmas have been there with me every step of the way. They've been sending me signs. They've been hitting me over the head with signs. And it's been an incredible journey. So I just want to say thanks to everybody who supported this journey, everybody who buys a copy of the book, everybody who gifts it to somebody who doesn't know that they need it. Maybe they can't help themselves or they think they are, but they just need you to give them another nudge. I'm really supported and it's not lost on me. And there's an incredible amount of gratitude for everybody who has supported this journey. And I hope you check out the book, if anything, just to hear the 13 amazing client stories. Um, so much, 
you know, resistance they went through too. And they came out the other side, completely different people. And there's three chapters in there that are basically like me <laughs> publishing my diary, Joshua feels, which also feels really scary. There's stuff in there about, you know, growing up and my battle with an eating disorder and all this stuff that nobody knows. And it's all coming out and it's like, whoa, here it is, you know, and I really hope people, you know, try to kind of see the intention behind it, which is, I think when we talk about this scary stuff, it becomes less scary. And I think when we talk about somebody overcoming odds, it's going to resonate with somebody else who's up against the odds right now and is wondering if they can overcome them as well. So thank you for being on this journey with me. I hope you grab a copy of the book. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you share it with friends. Thanks so much.